from the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street, right next to the High Museum of Art in Midtown Atlanta, welcome to the First Presbyterian Church. I'm Senior Pastor Tony Sundermeyer, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I would invite you now to join us in the worship of God. Hi, my name is Will Trimble, and I'm in 11th grade. God is here, but we do live in a world of change and doubt, and sometimes fail to give everything we have. Let us now confess these shortcomings together. O Lord our God, you know us better than we know ourselves. As we come before you now, believers and doubters alike, we share your deep need, for we are all lost without your grace. Search us, O God, and know our hearts. Test us and our troubled thoughts. Give us true repentance. Forgive us all our wrongs. Transform us by your Spirit to live for you each day, to learn and serve Amen. We now continue in prayer, lifting up our innermost thoughts to God, who hears us even in the silence. Amen. The good news is that Christ calls us to new life and enables us to begin again and again and again and again. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven.
Our gospel reading this morning is from the book of John, chapter 5, verses 9 through 17. I will be reading this morning from the Common English Bible Translation. Listen for and hear the word of God. As the Father loved me, I too have loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. This is my commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than to give up one's life or one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I don't call you servants any longer because servants don't know what their master is doing. Instead, I call you friends because everything I heard from my father I have made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you could go and produce fruit and so that your fruit could last. As a result, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. I give you these commandments so that you can love each other. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading this morning is from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 14. I too will read from the Common English Bible Translation. Listen for and hear the word of God. If you point these things out to the believers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus who has been trained by the words of faith and the good teaching that you've carefully followed. But stay away from the godless myths that are passed down. Train yourself for a holy life. While physical training has some value, Training in holy living is useful for everything. It has become, it has promised for this life now and the life to come. This saying is reliable and deserves complete acceptance. We work and struggle for this. Our hope is set on the living God, who is the savior of all people, especially those who believe. Command these things, teach them. Don't let anyone look down at you because you are young. Instead. Set an example for the believers through your speech, behavior, love, and faith. Until I arrive, pay attention to public reading, preaching, and teaching. Don't neglect the spiritual gift in you that was given through prophecy when the elders laid hands on you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. My name... My name is Udo Mead. I'm a senior and one of two sitting youth elders on the session. 
But when I was less than a month old, being held and baptized in the, in the baptismal font still present in the sanctuary, to standing here now as a youth elder and delivering a sermon that I wrote, this church has been an integral and an almost inseparable aspect of my faith. As the only church I've ever attended, First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta has overseen every significant moment that is the progress of my faith and has truly taught me what it means to be a Christian. It's no secret that Christianity is, on occasion, presented in a negative light. Many people would even go as far to say that it is a backwards religion that preaches and prides itself on hate, intolerance, and discrimination. While I have been able to see examples where these claims are true, with Terry Jones and the Westboro Baptist Church existing and calling themselves Christians, it's always confused me as how people can say that this sums up Christianity. Because my faith has always revolved around the messages and actions that this church has presented, I've always viewed Christianity from that lens. This means that I have viewed Christianity in good faith from, from things such as the weekly homeless breakfast, where we serve upwards of 300 people each and every week, yearly mission trips with Allison Perley and the youth group, bringing dinners to the women's shelter, working with the broadcast ministry to let people who don't have a chance to attend our services a way to experience them, and most importantly, having a loving, accepting, and caring community that I have always felt a part of. Because of this church, I view Christianity as a religion of good doing, community, support, and a desire to make our world a better place in the name of Jesus Christ. In less than three weeks, I will be graduating high school, and this fall, I will be leaving Atlanta to attend the College of Charleston as a part of the class of 2020. While I'm very excited to enter this grand new chapter of my life, it will definitely be a bittersweet experience, as I'll have to leave several things behind. It's been pretty emotional realizing that I'll have to leave behind my family, my friends, my home, my room, my city, and my school, and I've definitely struggled with these feelings over the past few weeks. But something that I have only recently realized is that, is that in addition to leaving these things behind, I'll also have to leave behind this church. While I will surely come on any Sunday that I happen to be visiting home, I won't have the luxury of being able to attend this church once a week, and I won't be able to maintain the strong relation that I have with it. Yes, I'm sure there are many few churches in Charleston that would love to have a new attendee in their congregation, but I worry that I will not be able to find one truly as special as the one that I've grown up in. I don't know what the future holds for me, but I do hope that whatever God has in store for me, that I can find a community like First Presbyterian Church so that I might continue to know what it truly means to be a Christian. When I think about John 15 and what it means to abide in God's love, I think of this church family. I have felt God's love in a real way in this place. First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta has taught me how to be a Christian and has played an essential part in me becoming the person I am today. And for that, I wanted to say thank you and thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. My name is Olivia, and I'm a senior at Woodward Academy, and I'm going to be attending Baylor this summer, I mean, this next year. So on the morning of May 23rd, 1998, Dr. George Worth christened me as a child of God in front of my friends and family in the chapel over there. Ever since that day, I found myself running around the preschool, coloring in Jesus' beard, and learning fun songs. In first grade, I remember sliding down the tables with Mr. Ernest, and learning the Lord's Prayer. In third grade, Reader's dad, along with some other fathers, jumped up on a table and rapped about Jesus Christ. <laughs> and in fourth grade, we memorized the names of the different books in the Old and New Testament. 
All too soon, though, I was a sixth grader and in a different um, school. The transition to a new school was hard for me, and the rigor of the academics increased and my friends changed. I found myself tired all the time, and church became a burden, so I started skipping for a few weeks at a time. My mom scolded me for my carelessness, but I didn't care. Continuing to attend church seemed pointless to me, as I could never recount any of the sermons preached or the lessons taught. I had been to hundreds of sermons and Sunday school lessons. I believed my spiritual chalice was filled. It wasn't until I agreed to go on the um, school, um, the annual beach retreat here at FPC, and I realized what I had been missing. Knowing little to no one on the trip, I began to feel awkward and isolated. It wasn't until one morning that these feelings started to dissipate. I was standing in line for breakfast with an old, when an older girl came up to me and complimented my shirt. She said I looked like her best friend, and we settled into a small conversation. She, she was the first person to talk to me on the entire trip. Her name was Claire. A kind and thoughtful girl, she later became my D group leader in seventh grade. During this trip, I realized the extent of the hole that had been left after I stopped going to church. At the retreat, we sang the songs that I had learned in preschool. We read the stories from the books I had memorized in fourth grade, and we recited the Lord's Prayer, the same one Mr. Ernest taught me. What I realized is that, like going to church, one could go to their favorite restaurant hundreds of times, Looking at the same menu, the restaurant guards still couldn't recount the entirety of it, but would still always leave feeling nourished and full. While I previously couldn't recount the hundreds and thousands of lessons I have learned, they still brought me a certain nourishment that only my faith could supply. Throughout my remaining middle school years, I began to become more active in this community. Finally, when it came to my ninth grade confirmation, I met Dr. Worth in the chapel one more time for a different reason. As a baby, George Worth christened me in that very room, and that day, 14 years later, I committed to that christening as Dr. Worth confirmed me as a member of First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta. I saw Christ that early morning in Clare, and since then, I continue to explore and commit to my faith. Revelations warns us never to have lukewarm faith, but to be steadfast and fervent when it comes to our beliefs. On this Confirmation Sunday, I hope to speak to our ninth graders. As youth elder, I have heard the faith statements of our confirmants, and many of them have said very similar things. Most of them have said that it was their parents who dragged them to church. I've been there, but I hope, like you, this is a new beginning, an acceleration in your faith. Exercise and practice your faith with joy and heart. First Timothy, says, First Timothy says, train yourself for a holy life. While physical training has some value, training in the holy living is useful for everything. It has promise for this life now and life to come. This saying is reliable and deserves complete acceptance. Today, confirmants, you have made the most important decision you will ever make. You have said, yes, I believe. This decision begs you to keep your eyes on Jesus, the one who will direct you and stay with you your life long. This Jesus you have committed your life to will never leave you or forsake you. He will love you with everlasting love. In this transition in your life, things will get busy, things will get difficult. However, I implore you to never get lukewarm with your faith. Your decision to follow Jesus requires action. Make God a routine. As scripture says, set an example for believers through your speech, behavior, love, and faith. Pay attention to public reading, preaching, and teaching. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young and celebrate your faith for Jesus loves you and will always be with you. Amen.
Well, at this time, I'm going to invite the confirmants to just stand in your place. Please stand. And when Jay reads your name, uh, you'll come up and we will uh, set you before the congregation as you uh, make your profession of faith. Nick Benson. Anna Bolton. Anna Campbell. Holland Carlton. Emma Carmichael. David Caribbean. Tess Eichenlob. Mimi Green. Charlie Hollis. Peter Huff. Carly Jacobson. Melissa Kite. Song Mi Lee. Charlotte Little. Charlie Mulder. Alyssa Pope. Lucy Richardson. Julian Roddenberry. Alan Thompson. Charlie Trimble. Charlie Warren. Robbie Watkins. Today, these young women and men are presented by the session for the reaffirming of their baptismal covenant. They have studied God's word and have learned the belief and practice of the church. They now desire to profess publicly their faith and to assume greater responsibility in the life of this congregation and God's mission in the world. We rejoice that you now desire to declare your faith and to share with us in our common ministry. In baptism, you were joined to Christ and made members of this church. In the community of the people of God, you have learned of God's purpose for you and for all creation. You have been nurtured at the table of our Lord and called to witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now hear these words from Ephesians 2, chapter, chapter 2, 19 to 22. So now you are no longer strangers and aliens, 
Rather, you are fellow citizens with God's people, and you belong to God's household. As God's household, you are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. The whole building is joined together in him, and it grows up into a temple that is dedicated to the Lord. Christ is building you into a place where God lives through the Spirit. First, I want to say uh, thank you for the privilege of journeying with you along this confirmation route. Uh, from the first Sunday we gathered until this day, I have learned so much from you, from your questions, from your intentionality, from your thoughtfulness, from your faithfulness, from your courage to ask and to seek out some of the most difficult, perplexing ideas, not just in our church, but just in the world in general. And I'm so grateful and so very thankful. Uh, God has given me a great love for you, and I want you to know that uh, we're here as a church to continue to support you and to encourage you in the days ahead. I now ask you to publicly declare your faith. Trusting in the gracious mercy and love of God, you turn from the ways of sin that separate you from the love of God. Do you? If so, say, I do. I do. Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior, trusting in his grace and love? If so, say, I do. I do. Do you attend, intend to be Christ's faithful disciple, engaging and following his word, and showing his love and justice, if so, say, I do. I do. With the whole church, if you're able, I'd invite you to stand. Let us now profess what it is the church believes using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, friends, you have publicly professed your faith, and so I ask you one more question. Will you be a faithful member of this congregation to share in its ministry through your prayers and your gifts, your study and service, and so fulfill your calling to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. If so, say, I will. I will. Friends, let us pray. Faithful God, we praise you for calling us to be a servant people and for gathering us into the body of Christ. 
We thank you for choosing to add to our number these brothers and sisters of faith. Renew in them the covenant you made in their baptism. Send them forth in the power of the Spirit to love and serve you with joy and strive for justice and peace in all the earth. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As the moderator of the session of the First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta, let me officially welcome you as members of this congregation. Turn to their seats now. I'd like to invite the ushers to come and wait upon us for our morning tithes and offerings. And as we depart, May the peace of Christ, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in him. May his peace live inside of you this day and every day of your life. Amen. Amen. And go in peace. Thank you again, especially on short notice.